Today, people of color are winning. We're winning in entertainment. We're winning in sports. We're winning in the financial world. And we're often winning in politics. But where people of color are not winning is in the justice system. That is the subject of my next guest in his new book, Open Season. My next guest and I have created and co-produced television shows together. He is a friend, little brother, fraternity brother, and the founder and principal owner of Ben Crump Law. He has been recognized in National Trial Lawyers Top 100 Lawyers and Ebony Magazine Power 100 Most Influential African Americans. He has represented families in several high-profile civil rights cases, including Trayvon Martin, and most recently, the black man who was shot and killed when a Dallas police officer walked into the wrong apartment and thinking it was hers, and she shot him while he was sitting on the sofa eating ice cream. My guest is on the show to talk about his new book, Open Season, Legalized Genocide of Colored People. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations again, Attorney Ben Crump. Good morning, Rashawn. <laughs> Good morning, my friend. Good morning. I know you just landed in New York. It's a big media run. Congratulations on this book, man. I know how long you and I have been talking about this book, probably about two years. Uh, hey, hey, Rashawn, it seems like it's been so long, but I have to tell you uh, publicly what I told you privately, you know, your guidance and direction with uh, every aspect of this book. And just like when we did the uh, awesome TV show, Evidence of Innocence. Yes, sir. The, I mean, the cover selection that uh, Variety magazine is calling iconic mm -hmm. from the title of the book and content. You know, every time I would uh, bend your ear to advise and counsel me, you always gave me very prolific advice <laughs> and for that there the fact that the book is the number one uh so book on amazon for pre-orders mm -hmm. is uh really a testament to a lot of your counseling advice and i always thank you for it brother and so i'm this is an exciting week just know uh, your voice is in my ear as yes, I go do all these interviews. Thank you. Well, you know, it's great. I thank you for the compliment, and I thank you for being the person that you are. In reading the book, my whole thought was that this is one of many now because I, I heard your voice, I heard your passion, and I heard your concern as to why this book and many books that you're going to write in the future in the future going to provide us with knowledge because so much information is being hidden in the justice system, and this book you know, open season, legalized, legalized genocide of colored people is kind of like the first stage of getting that information out to us, correct? Certainly. And, and tragically, Rashawn, it's almost as if the book stays relevant no matter what we do. Uh, as we're speaking this morning, you know, America is learning another name of a hashtag victim. Uh, Atiana Jefferson, the black lady in her house, uh, taking care of her eight-year-old nephew, the cop shoots inside the house and kills her. Mm -hmm. Very similar to Botham John case where the white policewoman comes into his apartment while he's minding his business, doing everything he has the legal right to do. Mm -hmm. She allegedly thinks it's her apartment, shoots and kills him. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and thank God uh, that was a historic case because it was the first time a white police woman has ever been convicted right. of murder mm -hmm. for killing a black uh, person in the United States. But with all of that there, it still remains that the law, the law itself, Rashawn, and that's what we talk about a lot in this book, mm -hmm. how 
whether it's on the streets or in the courtroom, that law that is supposed to protect us, they're using it to kill us. Mm-hmm. And this is a continuation of what was done 70 years ago when the great Paul Robeson and W.B. Dubois and other black leaders went to the United Nations and said, we chose genocide for how you're killing black people in America, and it has been proliferated by the law. Right, right. You know, the interesting thing about it, let's stay on the um, the Dallas case with the Dallas police officer, because you and I were yeah. texting during that trial and mm-hmm. also texting afterwards, and I saw you on CNN uh, after the trial, and the, the, the hug uh, that was seen around the world during that yes, Dallas sir. trial when, he, when his brother left the stand and hugged her. Um, your, your thoughts on that, and then, because my, and I'm going to share my thoughts on that, about that hug. Okay. Well, it, it is important to know, Rashad, the backstory of this. Brent, who was Botham's younger brother, uh, was only 16 years old. Right. Mm-hmm. When his brother was killed, I mean, this is the person who he slept in the bed with as a toddler, the person who was his hero. Right. Um, and so when she killed his brother, I mean, he went through all counter issues. He was angry. He he hated her. I mean, he he just he wanted to harm her when it happened mm-hmm. because she took his hero. Uh, he dropped out of high school. Mm-hmm. He, he punched a hole in the wall. His mother and father had to uh, get him some serious counseling because, as they said, they are Christians. Brent, this isn't our way to give way to hating. Mm-hmm. You can't take this hate with you throughout your whole life. Mm-hmm. So when you saw him in that courtroom on that uh, day of the victim impact statement, it was over a year of him going through a whole range of emotions right, right, where he finally right. got to that point. Right. And, uh, you know, he didn't know that the cameras were running. He thought that was just between him and her. And so that's the backstory of it. So people, before they start to form opinions of about, uh, you know, he shouldn't forgive the killer of his uh, brother, where they need to understand what kind of family this is. This is a godly Christian right. family, right. and that this young man has been through it all. And don't judge him for how he's grieving. You know, it's really interesting because of the fact that, you know, African Americans are people of color, even though we share the same re- religious belief, are often seen, seen as heathens, seen as violent mm-hmm. people. I thought that was a monumental moment for... Uh, for our people to show that there, yeah. even at this level, there's forgiveness. And whether he knew the cameras were running or not, the the, the moment that we can't forgive, the only thing I was kind of taken aback was when the uh, the judge hugged her. I didn't understand that. But, you know, that. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> nobody understood that or uh, why the bailiff was uh, helping rub her hair. Yeah. Uh, and, and nobody has seen them give that kind of consideration or affection to a uh, convicted murderer who is black. Right. In fact, it's the opposite. Right. They won't even let the family hug them. Right. And, you know, when I still say there was an amazing uh, case from a standpoint of yeah. gaining some type of victory because so many people were, 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 were captivated by her personality, by her being young, by her being, you know, oh, you know, she's just a young, she just made a mistake. You know, a lot of people were trying to trivialize the severity of what she had done, you know, and the fact that you guys came back with a guilty victory, 
guilty victory uh, verdict is really uh, uh, awesome in the sense that justice was served properly. When I say the word awesome, yeah, but yeah, because Rashawn, most people had predicted that she was going to get off. Right. I mean, all the talking heads on the the uh, legal correspondent shows they just said, "Nah, she's going to uh, get away with it because obviously she didn't mean to do it." Right. And the only thing I, I would say is, with I argue in open season, it's about equal justice under the law. Right. If the facts would have been reversed and both of them would have went to the wrong apartment and shot and killed Amber Geiger, nobody would be saying give him the benefit of the doubt or the Absolutely. benefit of consideration. They would not only be saying he should be uh, convicted of murder, they would probably be arguing for him to get the death penalty. Absolutely. I'm talking to uh, Ben Crump, attorney Ben Crump. Uh, his book is Open Season, Legalized Genocide of Colored People. When we get back, we're going to get into more detail. Hang in there. Great story, great information. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. You're listening to Money Making Conversation. On the phone is my guest, attorney Ben Crump. We're discussing this new book, Open Season, The, Legal- the Legalized Genocide of Colored People. Uh, ben, what made you decide to use the word genocide in the title? You know, it was uh, very deliberate because I wanted to explain to people that it truly is an epidemic of how they are destroying the lives of so many young people of color, whether they're killing us with bullets or whether they're killing us with the laws. Um, You know, the statistics and the the empirical data suggest, Rashawn, that uh, one out of every five black men in states like Florida and Tennessee are convicted felons. And they believe if this trend continues, one out in the next 25 years, one out of every three black men in America will be convicted felons. Now, what happens when you are convicted felon? Rashawn, it's, it's unbelievable when you think about the collateral consequences right. of a convicted felon. Now, you know, you always hear about you can't vote, you can't serve on jury duty, you can't serve in the Army, but it's far worse than that because everything that you thought you could do to try to make a living legitimately, once you have that uh, convicted felon labor that you have to work for the rest of your entire life in the information age, it makes it very daunting to be able to keep a roof over the head of your family, to put food on the table for your children, to keep the lights on. If you want to be a teacher, you can't be one when you got a convicted felon. Uh, You can't get a certificate to be a a nurse or a real estate agent or a brick mason. You can't get the uh, certification to be uh, even a beautician for the uh, women who uh, have convicted felon on their record. You can't even, Rashawn, in some states, if you are a convicted felon and you have served any time in prison, you can't even get life insurance. It's almost like you're the living dead. They just haven't given you the death certificate. Mm. You can't get a federal uh, loan from the government to go to college if you're a convicted felon. I mean, who are getting these labels? It's our children. And so they are being killed, and they're killing them softly. They don't even realize how they're using the law that is supposed to protect them. It's killing them. them. It's killing them socially. To, yeah. 
We're trying to make it be an education for our young people, but also for white people. Right. We want them to understand, just like Paul Robeson and W.B. Dubois said, look at what you're doing to our future. Right. And if you don't, I don't want you to speculate and say, oh, we never knew. Because with this book now, you can't say we didn't know. Right. The question is, what are you going to do about it after you have the knowledge? Right. And the book he's referencing is his book, Open Season, Legalized Genocide of Colored People. And I want to say when he says colored people, he's talking about not only just African-Americans. He's talking about Native Americans, Hispanics, Muslims, people of all color extractions, as well as the gay community. Uh it really just lets you know that this is a bigger problem, not just an African-American problem. And to just narrow it just on African-Americans would have been a mistake because the problem is bigger than just us, correct? Absolutely, Rashawn. And when you talk about uh, the immigration issues, when you talk about the environmental racism, when you talk about the uh, education of inequality, when you talk about the voter suppression, right. I mean, and I— these not only affect black people, but oftentimes they seek to marginalize and disenfranchise many of the minority communities in America, and as well as the LGBTQ community. Absolutely. Because a lot of laws that we talk about mm-hmm. are focusing on disenfranchising them as well, and we, we make it a vivid point about how police are killing black trans Right. Uh, individuals. And I mean, it is alarming, the statistics that how uh, they're being killed. And what is more alarming, Rashad, is how little the police are being held accountable. Absolutely. You know, it's really interesting in reading the book. I felt like um, I felt like I was reading a history book. I was feel like I was reading something current. I felt like I was looking at possibly my future or the future of America. And it's, it's really a great book to read because of the fact that I think at any level, high school level, definitely college level, is definitely a book should be part of a sociology curriculum. A sociology changed my life in college, and this is a book about that 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 part of how life is being structured for people of color, and it's really important. So I'm just letting you know that the book, from beginning to the end, you know, starting with the introduction and and all the way to the end with the twelve points that you set aside that that could be, you know, transformative to America if they took hold of these 12 points that you're talking about. In writing the overall concept, I want to tell you this. Please put this in um, audio form. Are you going to put this book on audio? It, it is, yes. Uh, HarperCollins has an audio book that you can purchase also and listen while you're in the car on the plane. I'm telling you, because it's, it's even more impactful because uh, I've, I've seen uh, Ben Crump speak over the years and uh, – He's, he's he's really riveting <laughs> when he gets on a roll out there. You know, I, 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 your articulation and your ability to, to to command the stages. Just watching that growth has been pretty amazing to me over the years. Uh, I, I know as an individual, you were thrust out into the public's eye with Trayvon Martin's case. And you've done your homework to be able to understand your role and how you have to present yourself. That was part of your growth, too, as well as leading up to this book, correct? Absolutely. And you helped a lot with that, Rashawn. I mean, uh, it was a journey. And uh, I'm a country boy from North Carolina. And then when you're put on the stage as right. uh, <laughs> arguably the most recognizable civil rights lawyer mm-hmm. in America, then you have to definitely grow into that role and you have to work on it every day and try to improve on it every day, just like 
you often talk about on Money Making Conversations is a continuous growth, and you're always learning. And so whether it's in the courtroom or whether I'm uh, advocating on TV, I'm always trying to learn how to make sure we're being effective. As a trial lawyer, that's what we do in courtrooms every day. Mm-hmm. You you work to communicate with people. Mm-hmm. You don't want to talk over them. You don't want to talk below them. You want to talk to them. Right. And in doing so, you try to find out what are the things that have been effective from the past, mm-hmm. and then how do I make them better? Mm-hmm. And that was a, a exercise that I really tried to do with the book because as I reread it and reread it, I tried to listen and say, now what about this uh, white person in suburbia America? How do I illustrate the point to them mm-hmm. that this is an American issue and that uh, they also should be concerned with how the law is killing black people? Right. Um, that was the, the real important challenge, and I think we tried to do it. I pointed out a big thing is that about to me, the people in America, it is the government, the police represent the government. It's their most visual form that have interaction with everyday citizens. And so if the policy is to let police kill black and brown people, then essentially that's the government killing mm-hmm. black and brown people. Mm-hmm. And that is the exact case that was argued to the United Nations. So what I foresee as this book gains more attention and awareness, is taking a lot of the families back over to Switzerland at the United Nations uh, Convention in Geneva and making the case again that we charge genocide based just on the laws and the statistics. Don't take our word for it. You tell us anywhere in this book where it isn't true Right. What you're doing to black and brown people. Right. You know, the amazing thing, we're talking to attorney, uh, civil rights attorney, Ben Crump, uh, his book, Open Seasons, which you can go to Amazon right now and pre-order. It's the number one book in pre-order right now on Amazon. The book will hit the stores, I mean, airports, all the Barnes and Nobles. Physically, you can go buy the book this week. The book is called Open Season, The Legalized Genocide of Colored People. I know my social media will be blowing up, blowing up. If you come to at Rashawn McDonald, you will see a Ben Crump post about his book because it's a special book. It's a book about information. It's a book about education. It's a book about telling you what you need to know because you don't know. And I think that you did a fantastic job in not making um, white people feel guilty or make them feel insecure or make them feel afraid. You're just stating facts. The fact is is that you continue this direction you're taking away. People can pay taxes. People can build this country. People can make this country better. People can make America better of being incarcerated wrongfully. And when they're being incarcerated, they can't even live a life. They, they can, an advantageous life to anybody. So all I, all I can say, Ben, I want to continually push your show. Thank you for taking the time to come on the show. You know, this is a big week for your book. I know I'm one of many interviews you're going to do this week. Ricky Smiley, D.L. Ugly, Steve Harvey, Gail King. Yeah. But I got you first, brother. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> you got the first interview in the first so uh, I will be with uh, Sonny Houston at the Strand Bookstore uh, and Broadway. Mm-hmm. They say the largest bookstore in America. And then I go to Gary King, the Breakfast Club, and we hit them all. Uh, I think Bill Maher is set uh, uh, for taping on HBO. Cool. Because I do think uh, cool. Open Season is a book that we need as many Americans Thank you, Ben Crump. I appreciate you, brother. Good luck, man. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right.